0: Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. All right, are you ready for the Bible today? Yeah. All right, I'm going to open up this morning with Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14. It says this, For by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever, those who are being made holy. I'm going to unpack what this means to you today. Can I read that to you one more time? For by one sacrifice, he, Jesus, has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. That's talking about you and I. Let's pray and then we'll get into it today. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, for the privilege to come and to worship you together. To bring you honor and to bring you glory. God, you're worthy of it all. And right now we open up our hearts. Lord, as each one of us sit here today, speak. Lord, we are listening. Our hearts are open, God, to receive from you. Thank you for the authority and the power that is in your word. Let it come forth with your anointing. Lord, I thank you for your leading and your wisdom, let what you want imparted be imparted today. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Today, I I entitled the message today, How It Works, and today's message is going to tie together the last, I'd say, four or five weeks of messages um, that I've been sharing with you. Um, We have seen, over the last several weeks, our inability to serve God within our own strength, amen? Amen. We saw Peter's denial, how he was so determined to never deny Jesus, and how he couldn't keep that promise in his own strength. And we've seen that we need the Holy Spirit in our life who empowers us so that we can do good. Amen? And you know, today I'm going to give you more of a, a teaching than necessarily a preaching. Um, and I'm going to go into two key topics that are very related to one another. I'm going to give you their Bible words as well as theological words, but uh, we find them in Scripture. One of the words is justification. Would you say the word justification? justification. Oh, you sound smart already. <laughs> All right, I'll throw another one at you. Sanctification. Would you say sanctification? Sanctification. 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 You're like, justify, sanctify. You just, I, I hear it in your heart already. My, my hope today is to give you more than just like some theological word words, but my hope is to help us all see how God is saving us, and to help us see the process of transformation and how that works in us. That's, thus I call the message, simply how it works. So we're going to jump into Romans chapter 3, verse 21. Are you ready for some more Bible? I got lots of Bible for you today, which I think is okay on a Sunday morning in church. Romans 3.21 says this, But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody say, that's me. That's me, right? All have sinned. I guess that's only some of us. Huh? All right. I know, you weren't ready. You weren't ready. Um, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. In Romans, Paul explains that mankind cannot be good enough. No matter how hard you try, you cannot achieve Godly righteousness. How many times have we, you hear somebody say, well, I'm a good person, right? Well, yeah, you can do some good things, but are we really good in our own? Like the God kind of quality of good? No, none of us are that kind of good. No matter how hard we work, we can't truly be that good, like God brand kind of good, right? And the covenant of the law in the Old Testament proved it, right? God gave them all the rules and said, all right, have at it. And they figured out they can't do it. And I'm sure if I lived back in them, then I would go, I can't do it either. And so they could not achieve righteousness. That word righteousness means right standing before God. Right standing before a holy and a perfect God. Thus, apart from the law, a righteousness from God has been made known. It's a righteousness that was prophesied from the Old Testament. And in verse 22, it says, This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. This righteousness is given. Now, wrap your mind around that. Normally, we think of righteousness or right standing as something that you earn or keep or steward. But this idea of righteousness is given Yes, as a gift. Why is it given as a gift? Because we can't achieve it. We just can't be good enough. But how? How is it given? Through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. We put our faith, we put our trust, we put our belief in Jesus, and he presents us this gift of right standing before God. Now, are we righteous? No, not exactly. But we are declared righteous. Can I say that to you again? Are we righteous? Like, is every thought and everything inside of us, is it, is it all righteous? Well, no, not exactly, because I know you and you know me, right? But we are declared righteous. Now, how can God do that? How can he just declare you and I as people with right standing before God? Well, first of all, he's God. So he's got abilities that are far beyond yours and mine. Aren't you thankful? But you see, he has not violated any of his principles of holiness or righteousness or anything. He hasn't violated any of that because the verses, the, these verses go on to say that Jesus paid for our sins on the cross, and that's how he can declare us righteous is because of what Jesus did on the cross. Can I hear an amen? Boy, that cross is kind of important. It's kind of a big deal. And so here is the summary in verse 23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that's me, and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Justified freely by his grace. Grace, I'm going to come to that in a moment. But justification, that word justification is the verb form of righteous. It's the exact same word actually. It's the idea of to make someone or declare them righteous and that God makes someone righteous. So you are justified, you are righteous. You are made righteous. And again, how do we receive it? It's by grace. That word grace means gift. It is a gift from God and justification is a gift that we receive freely as we put our faith in Christ. I was golfing a couple weeks ago and um, I was golfing alone I text a couple of buddies, and they weren't available, and so I was going out. And the morning I was headed out, um, the Holy Spirit said to me, will you be a witness for me today? And I, I kind of figured that meant that on the golf course I was going to meet someone, right? And I said, sure. And so I go out on the golf course, and I'm out there, and I'm um, golfing with these two young men, probably about 30 years old. And... Um, these guys by the second hole asked me what I was doing. Normally what happens when I go golfing with someone is you go nine holes and around the 10th the, the hole, somebody goes, hey, what do you do? And I tell them I'm a pastor and they go, oh, bleep, right? And they're like, and that's normally like the last word I hear for the day kind of thing. Like, okay, I don't get the real you anymore, right? Kind of thing. These guys were not like that at all. They were, you know, uh, they, they said, what do you do? I said, I'm a pastor. And They were like, no, bleep. And you know, they're just kind of like, you know, just, and it never stopped all day long. And I thought, well, these guys are very comfortable with me. We're going to get along just great. And um, you know, I just, but you know, my heart was sad because these two guys were far from Jesus, not just because of a language thing, uh, because of so much more. And so as the day went on, I was just sensitive to the Holy Spirit and like, you know, Lord, what do you, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to talk about? And they, They came up along the way that I was an atheist as a teenager, and uh, that intrigued one of the guys, and he started uh, quizzing me about it and uh, inquiring about it and asking me questions. And so I answered a couple questions. And then the other guy, he said, so what made you choose the Christian God? I thought, oh, that's a good one. (laughs) And here I am out on the golf course like, like, we're not like going to sit down in class and like go through it. And so sometimes, you know, it says in Scripture how the Holy Spirit will give you what to say. You can answer that question in so many ways. But the answer that the Holy Spirit gave me for that moment and that time kind of surprised me. And I said to the guy, I said, Christianity is the only religion that admits you can't be good enough. You can't do it. You, you can't achieve godliness in your own strength, in your own ability. Now, that can sound demoralizing, but really what it does is it takes the pressure off to realize that this is not a performance-based faith. If it was, we would still be in, under the law because it would work. We would work it. The law works. We don't work with it, right? Right? And so I thought, man, that is such an interesting thing. I felt like the Lord wanted me to get, because I felt like what the Lord wanted those guys to have was some hope to realize that you just can't do it on your own. They actually asked me, they said, what are your vices? (laughs) I felt terrible. I was like, oh man, Uh, I don't know. I used to drink a lot of caffeine. I don't know, like... (laughs) I didn't know what to say. It was funny because earlier they'd asked me you know, to make a music choice because they're playing music out there. Pick something, pick something. And I was like, like, I'm thinking, Bethel worship? Like, I don't know what to tell them. Like, I, I have no idea. And so I'm at a loss. And they're like, pick something. Come on, you got to pick something. So I said Adele. Which is so funny. We're playing golf and Adele is playing. By the second song, the guy was several drinks in, several, several drinks in. And he was like, I got to turn this. He was like, "It was melting them down. He couldn't take it. So when he asked me the vices, and I'm just kind of like, because I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, if I knew the vice, I'd be working on it in that moment. Like, I want to take it to the Lord. And I don't mean anything perfection or anything, but like, they're looking for a good vice. And I'm like, I don't know. And then they looked at me and they said, Okay, oh, it's okay. We know your vice. It's Adele. <laughs> But these two guys were super super lost. My heart really broke for them. I wish I wish I could tell you a story of how they both came to Christ in that moment and that kind of thing. But this was obviously a planting and a watering moment, kind of thing. But the answer to me, I just thought about that answer for the next few days and I kept thinking about how we can't achieve it. You know, sometimes you have to reconcile yourself with the fact that you can't perform good enough for God. So you see, we do because we love God. We don't do so that he will love us. It's such an important distinction. Because otherwise you will spend your life trying to please a God who already loves you. Who already cares about you. Who hasn't removed his love from you. He does care for you. And so I felt like for them it was like this... It was the carrot. Like, what does that mean? It admits that we can't be good enough. And does their interaction with Christians back that up? Have they met Christians who don't act like they have it all together and they're all this because of how good they are? No, it really isn't because of how good you are. Amen? Amen. It really is because of how good he is. And anything good that you're doing, he's helping you. It's fixed. If you're doing it good on your own, that's self-righteousness, and whew, that smells, doesn't it? Justification admits that you can't do it, that Jesus has to make you righteous. Give me one, one more second here. The thing is, is, this thing about justification, if you don't receive it as a gift, you diminish what Jesus has done if you don't receive it as a gift from him and think that you can be righteous on your own, then what do you need Jesus and the cross for? So it actually honors Jesus when we recognize that we can't be good in our own strength and our own ability. Jesus has to give you this gift of righteousness. He has to declare you righteous. And he does that simply when you dedicate your life to him. You may say, well, that's, that's not very fair, and you would be correct. It's completely unfair. That's why they call it grace. That's why it's a gift. It's why you can't earn it. If you could earn it, it would diminish what he did on the cross. You may say, well, why would he do that? Why would he give me a standing of righteousness before him that I didn't earn? It's because he loves you. And because he wants you back. He wants you back so much that he would allow his one and only son to die on a cross for you. He wants you back, that back. He wants you in his family and he's willing to pull all stops just to make sure that you have a way into his family. Now, now justification is a, it's a legal term. It means like before God, the, the phrase is, it's just as if I had never sinned. Justification, just as if I'd never sinned. And we are no longer under the judgment of God. Jesus has taken our judgment on the cross. And here's the thing. God will, the Father, He will treat you as if you've never sinned. He relates to you as a son and a daughter with full privileges and rights including correcting you as a son and daughter. You're not under his judgment, but you still can't be corrected. Anybody correct their kids in this place? Yeah, okay. So when the father looks at you, the father sees Jesus' righteousness. Now I know some of you are already thinking, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. But we're gonna go to the yeah, but in just a moment. But I want you to think about that for a moment. The father relates to you as a son or a daughter with full rights and privileges in his family. That's why when we worship, we worship with confidence. Why? Because we didn't get here because we were good this week. We got here because he was good to us. We didn't get here because we we were good this week. We got here because he was good to us. And we have this entrance and this ability to worship. Some of us are holding ourselves back in our worship to God and our dedication to God because we we don't think we deserve his best. And you're just holding yourself back. And he's saying, but I see you and I relate to you as if the righteousness of Jesus is on your life. I want you to act and walk as a full son or daughter with full rights and privileges. I want you to pray like you have those kind of privileges. I want you to worship like you have those privileges. I don't want you to hold back because of all of the challenges that you're facing. I want you to give it all to me because I've made you righteous in my sight. Do you hear that today? See, what we'll do is we will hold ourselves back because we know what we're dealing with. I'm about to get into that. We're going to check that. We're going to go through that in Scripture. But your standing before the Lord is just as if i would never sinned. I know, that's hard to contemplate, isn't it? I don't deserve that. Do you deserve that? But he has given you this gift of grace what will we do with that gift? Will we carry ourselves like sons and daughters? Will we worship him like sons and daughters? Will we give our whole allegiance and our love and our passion to him because of the way that he has been so gracious with us? And I say yes and amen. But you say, even as we're talking about it, you say, yeah, but see, Pastor Mike, I'm a fake, I'm a fraud, because I have a long way to go. You don't know about the thoughts that I have. You'd be surprised. You don't know about some of the things that I'm struggling with. You'd be surprised because I, everybody in this room has things you're struggling with. Amen? Sanctification has to do with the ongoing transformation process. Sanctification realizes that we have a long way to go. Did I say long, long enough? We have a long way to go. We may be considered righteous legally before God in how we relate to Him, but there is some work that needs to happen under the hood. There's a lot of work that needs to happen under the hood. Let me read you a definition of sanctification. I like this one. This was written in like the 1930s. Sanctification... <clears throat> may be defined as that gracious and continuous operation of the Holy Spirit by which he delivers the justified sinner, we know what that means now, from the pollution of sin, renews his whole nature in the image of God and enables him to perform good works. Some of the key phrases in there, continuous operation of the Holy Spirit. You know what continuous means? Continuous. It means it just keeps on happening. And that the Holy Spirit enables us to perform good works. Now let's look at this in Scripture. 1 Peter 1, verse 1 says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the province of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Sanctification is a work of the Holy Spirit in you. Remember how we talked about how Peter couldn't do it on his own. He needed the Holy Spirit to be able to do good. And he went from denying Jesus to on the day of Pentecost, proclaiming Jesus and seeing 3,000 people come to faith. I'd say that was a pretty radical change. What happened in the middle? He received the Holy Spirit. Sanctification happens when we cooperate with the work of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit's not going to make you do something, but you can cooperate. Anybody here ever said no to the Holy Spirit? You don't have to raise your hand. It's okay. It's okay. We're, we're not close enough for you to say that yet. Okay, it's okay. Um, I've certainly said no to the Holy Spirit plenty of times, but then there's plenty of times when I've said yes to the Holy Spirit and cooperated with His work, and it's way much better, right? And what happens is when we co- cooperate with the Holy Spirit, We are more obedient. We are better followers of Jesus. Sanctification is where we notice a difference in our actions and attitudes. We notice a change in us. Justification is when we come to faith and we realize, I'm a brand new person and I don't have to sin anymore. Justification or sanctification is the process of learning obedience and following Jesus in a willing and a cooperative way that's based out of our love for him, not a performance to him. Elizabeth, will you grab me a tissue? Surprisingly, not so that I can blow my nose. but um, And it's the Holy Spirit who's <coughs> at, at the... Um, at the center of this work. And one of the, 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 my favorite kind of analogies uh, for the difference between justification and sanctification is when you come to faith in Jesus, God puts the righteousness of Jesus over your life, like a robe of righteousness, and he sees you as righteous before him. Now, if you were to peek under the hood, you'd be like, whoa, there's some issues. Ah! you know, Sanctification is the lifelong process of taking what's been put on you in you, and you experiencing that transformation. Now here's what the enemy does. The enemy sees every mistake, every bad attitude, every sin, and he says, "You are not worthy. You are not worthy of this. You're not a good Christian. You, you shouldn't be here. You should, and you start to self-penalize and you start to look at yourself and go, you, you shouldn't have it, you know, and that kind of thing. And you know what your answer should be? Two things. You're right and shut up because you don't have to talk to him. And if you're not allowed to use the word shut up, I apologize. But Pastor Mike condones it with the devil. it um, <laughs> be interesting lunch conversation. But yeah, the enemy will accuse you for everything that's under that hood. But you see, you don't serve him. He's not your master. He's not your God. And he's not the gracious God who gave you something that you could not earn. Y'all, you know, this, this concept, and I realize I'm more teaching than preaching today, but I, 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 my prayer today is that this concept get in our hearts and minds because we relate God, to God uh, on the basis of our justification. And we continue to allow the work and cooperate with the work of sanctification because of his love for us and our love for him. Sanctification, it's related to the word holy, meaning set apart. And in sanctification, we become a better and better version of ourselves, more holy, more set apart, more. Another way of thinking of holy is sacred. Like you are you're special. You know how you have like you have your regular eating china and then you have the china that you never eat on, right? Like like we God considers us like the china you never eat on. Like if there's something sacred or holy. You sit in the cabinet. Like you're special, you're separate. That's taking the analogy a little too far, but you get the concept. It's not just regular, it's sacred, it's set apart, it's holy. And I love how this verse describes this transformation process in our life. 2 Corinthians 3:18. <clears throat> And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is spirit. I love that concept. We are being transformed, ever-increasing glory. If If somebody says, you know, have you arrived? Not yet but I'm a work in progress. We are all a work in progress. The real question is, are you, are you um, participating in the process? Are you yielding to the Holy Spirit? And for some of us who are condemnation prone, what happens is we begin to think of all the things that are wrong with us. And the Holy Spirit's like, time out. Let's just work on the thing I'm talking about right now. One thing at a time. Repent for whatever you need to repent and, and turn to the Lord. But just allow the work of the Holy Spirit. It's so much easier when he's leading it, not your own condemnation and not the condemnation of the devil. Last week we talked about the letting go. And like I said, this message is kind of tying together the last several weeks. We talked about how the rich young ruler, he could not let go of his riches, and he could not let go of the control of his own life. When he responded to Jesus' invitation to come and follow him, he he walked away sad because he couldn't give up his money, and he couldn't give up the control of his own life, his own calendar, his own leading. and, And just to follow Jesus, he couldn't let go. And the challenge last week was, can we let go? Or do we have to have areas in our life where we remain in control? I promise you it's overrated to be in control. What's beautiful about that scripture where Jesus is interacting with that rich young ruler is that Peter, he realizes, he goes, we've left it all to follow you. Kind of like a eureka moment. And that's exactly right. They had let go of everything. And we saw Peter, remember, Peter's on that boat and Jesus is walking on the water. And he's like, If that's you, bid me to come. And, you know, he's experiencing some of the greatest things in God. Why? Because he's let go of everything. He let go of his life a long time ago. He's willing to let go of the boat and get out of the boat and go join Jesus on the water. And when he starts to sink, he doesn't let go. He grabs on to Jesus. And Jesus is right there to grab a hold of him. That's living, that's exciting. That's why it's so important for us to allow the Lord into every area of our life and to not hold back. Because he purchased your life from hell and from judgment. He is worthy of all of you. And he did it because he loves you. And you know, as you, as you yield areas of your life to the Lord, the Holy Spirit works in you, enabling you, to be more Christ-like. And I hope you're hearing this today because sometimes we turn our faith into such a works-based thing that God has not intended. Do you work hard as a Christian? Yes. But is it a works-based thing? Not at all. Your standing before God came because Jesus died on a cross and you received the gift of salvation. It was a gift You cannot add to the gift. You cannot earn the gift. If you did, it diminishes it being a gift. And Your walk with him, this this sanctification, is a cooperation with the Holy Spirit who's been doing this for a really, really long time. He is not intimidated by your sin. He's not intimidated by your past. I am preaching a little bit. He's not intimidated by what you've walked through. He's not intimidated by your present. The Holy Spirit has seen it all, and he says, I can work with you. Just cooperate with me. I find that the Holy Spirit is so much more gracious with me than I would be with myself. I'm way harder on myself than the Holy Spirit is. I had great mentors all along the way in my early Christianity saying, Mike, lighten up. Just cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Stop being so hard on yourself. I really believe for a lot of us Christians, when we fail... We stay in that place of failure, whether it's sin, whether it's a challenge, whatever we're going through. We stay there, and the enemy is just there, willing to be your coach, shouting out every negative thing to keep you in that place and locked down. And God says, Let's break it off. I want to tell you when it comes to sanctification, the challenge you're facing in your life, maybe sin, it may be a work issue, a relational issue. It may be financial, whatever. The challenge you're facing in your life is probably the place where the Holy Spirit is working sanctification in you. Can't tell you how many times I've had somebody go, my boss, you gotta pray for my boss. Oh man, my boss, man, I tell you, my, oh man. And, I, and, I, and I, so many times, months later, the person will say, yeah, my boss needs prayer, but the Lord wanted to change me. I wanted my boss to change, I wanted this to change, I wanted the company to change, I wanted all of these things, but what I didn't realize and I didn't look for was the fact that God was trying to change me. And that wherever your challenge is, is probably the place where sanctification is taking place in your own life. <clears throat> I want to ask you today, where are you in the journey Where are you in the journey? Have you experienced this? Where you are born again. Where you are a new creation because of the faith and trust that you've put in Christ. I'm not talking about your parents' faith. I'm not talking about your your spouse's faith. I'm I'm talking about your faith today. Every individual on the planet should have a day a place in their life where they say, Jesus, be my Savior. You know, you honor the cross when you say, God, forgive me of my sin. I need your righteousness, not my righteousness. I need you. I need you in my life. What a gracious gift. What, like that song, what a father, what a Savior, what a friend. Treats us so well. Because he loves us and he really wants us back. Maybe today you're in the place of you have accepted Christ and you're with every single one of us, which is this this journey of sanctification. And my question for you today would be, are you cooperating with the Holy Spirit? Maybe the challenge that you've just seen, is maybe you've just been praying for the challenge to change, and the Holy Spirit's saying to you today, I want you to change, not just the challenge. I want to change you in this circumstance. And again, it's cooperating with the Holy Spirit. You are not fixing yourself. If you are trying to fix yourself, stop it. Cooperate with the Holy Spirit. It's way better that way way more fruitful because he empowers you to change the area that he's leading change. It's a fix. The fix is in. He's empowering you. Would you stand with me today? If you're here today and you need to make, you know, a commitment to Christ or maybe a recommitment to Christ, I want to pray with you today. If you're online, you could go to victorychristian.church.com and click on next steps and just give me your your name and information and I'll reach out to you this week, pray with you, answer any questions that you have. Even if you just have questions, just fill that out and I'll reach out to you this week. If you're in the room and you're like, I I need to make that decision, May 7th, 2023. I want you to get me before you leave this place because I want to pray with you. But for all of us, I want to encourage you in the area of sanctification that God is working in you, to make a decision today, I'm going to cooperate with you in the thing that you're working now, and I will cooperate with you in the thing that you, are, you will work on next. Others of you, you were surprised to find out that God sees you this way. And today, you need to take off your view of yourself and see yourself in right standing before the Lord, even though you don't deserve it. I agree with you, I don't deserve it. None of us deserve it. He knows what's under the hood, but He has saved you and He is saving you. Let's pray together. Father, we love you today. Oh, what a Father. What a Savior. What a friend. Lord, I really believe today in this room that there are some people under the sound of my voice. That you are freeing them from a false image of themselves. All they've done is look at all the wrong rather than the righteousness that you have put on them. Father, the love, Lord, that you have for them. Lord, I thank you that you're not holding any good thing back from your children. Lord, whatever if we ask you for bread, would you give us a snake? Lord, you're good. You give us your Holy Spirit's. You give us every good and perfect gift comes from our Father of lights in heaven. Lord, we thank you, God, for your goodness today. And Lord, today I pray for some, Lord, that they would wear the robe of righteousness, knowing that you have given it to them, right standing before you, God, to worship you and to honor you and to, to come to you as their children, fully adopted in you. And Father, today... We cooperate. We cooperate with the work of sanctification. We cooperate with the work that you are doing in us. And we say, yes, Lord, have your way in us. Transform us bit by bit, grace to grace, glory to glory, and have your way. Oh, we love you today. Oh, we worship you today. Thank you, Jesus. I just see a picture in my mind's eye as we're praying of some people today. You're taking a wrong image of yourself and laying it down. And I want to encourage you today to take up the image that the Father has for you. He loves you. He loves you. You think He... He wants to be far from you, but he wants to be close to you. Come to him by faith. Come to him in trust. He's a good dad. A good father. So good. God, today I I pray for those who, they're struggling with condemnation, whether it's their voice or the enemy's voice. But God, Today, we just break the power of those words and those thoughts. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your words, your thoughts in place of that condemnation. Lord, we break its power. Father, even the root system of that power, let it be cut off in the name of Jesus by your power and by your authority. For some... It's been the words of others that you've built this condemnation on. But it's not the word of God. And it's not the word of your father who says he's loved you with an everlasting love. He's drawn you with his loving kindness. So God, we break the power of those words. And we admit, God, that we are a work in progress until you come back. There is much work to do. And we declare today, God, we will cooperate. We will cooperate with the work of your Holy Spirit. We love you and we worship you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I want to encourage you today. If you need some prayer today, maybe about what we're talking about, maybe you need a miracle in your life. And God is doing mighty, mighty miracles. And what you're walking through, we want to pray with you. Feel free to come up to the front, someone from our prayer team will pray with you today. Otherwise, be blessed and hug a neck today. See a bunch of you out at the water, at the river, as we do some baptisms today. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.